Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. If you've grown up religiously following your country's chosen national sports, it can be a real culture shock when you move to a new country where those sports just aren't as popular. Enter this episode's guest, Jack Tanetta, from Wales in the United Kingdom. This is one thing I find really different from Canada is that, you know, football. It's uh, an aggressive outlet, if that makes sense. Yes. So giving the referee a bit of stick is part and parcel of the game in the UK. You know, a bit of abuse, but it's, it's all forgiven at the end of the game. Whereas over here, it's very literal. If you say anything to the referee, you're kicked out. I got kicked out uh, my last game. Going to a TFC game, you've seen it. You know, it's very family friendly, which then you go to a game in, uh, oh God, go to a Cardiff game and it's just brutal. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit less sort of family friendly, put it that way. Jack was studying back home at Cardiff University where he met his Canadian now fiance. They lived in Wales together before eventually moving back to her hometown of Alliston, Ontario in 2017. In this episode, we chat about Jack's experience using sports as a tool to meet new people in Canada and feel more at home. We also discuss the power of social media for job searching, Canadian weather, and what to expect when driving on Canadian roads. Let's start the show. Hey Jack, how's it going? Hi Kate, all good, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I've had way too much coffee today, so apologies in advance. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm with you there, definitely. <laughs> That's the good and also bad thing about working from home. You have like endless access to good coffee that isn't six dollars a cup every time. <laughs> My Nespresso machine has had an absolute batter in. Same, <laughs> same, lie. same. I don't know. I've saved so much money not buying coffee every day, but I don't know where that money is that I've saved. I don't see it. So <laughs> still goes on coffee. <laughs> for me. Do you? So what do you do for work? You're working from home. Yeah, so um, yeah, I work from home currently. Uh, I'm a trained teacher from uh, Cardiff originally. Um, uh, now OCT certified as well, so I can teach in Ontario, which I do. But nice. full time, I actually recruit teachers from Canada to teach in the UK. Oh, awesome! <laughs> um, so across England, so across the say the home counties, London, up in say Scotland as well, the Highlands, Aberdeen, you name it. As we know, there's quite a teacher shortage over there, so. Uh, it is a busy job, which is which is good. Yeah. So, can you teach in Ontario? That was a big process, or because I know that's like a big challenge that a lot of people go through that they come here and then their qualifications don't. What's the word? They don't translate don't over. Reciprocate. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it is. A, it is a long process. I'm not going to like it. Um, luckily enough for me, <clears throat> having a fiance who graduated with me in my PGCE in the UK, who's Canadian, she had to go through the process before I did. So I learned of all the sort of the, the tricks and the loopholes. So essentially, because I graduated in um, the UK, I could apply to a different province, Prince Edward Island, get recognition there, which would then be recognized by Ontario automatically. So instead of applying and having to do having to do additional qualifications or anything like that, it was all sort of done in one go, which was which was good. So got the loopholes exactly. 
Cool. Well, thanks so much for squeezing in this interview with me today. Super last minute reach out. <laughs> we made it work. I've been on a mission to to get a Welsh guest on the show for a while now. So yay, Wales, represent. Yes, big up Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts in Wales are you from? I'm from Cardiff originally. So obviously the, the capital city. Lovely. Um, yeah, quite literally grew up in the center of everything going on in, in Cardiff. Which was exciting. So a lot of, a lot of going to big rugby matches, um, a lot of playing rugby as well, which was, which is always fun. Nice. I've, I've never been to Wales. And again, I keep saying it, but it's so true that I totally took for granted how close all of these amazing places were to me when I was living in England. And I just stayed in, you know, pretty much one spot. Mm -hmm. And it's so strange. And then moving to a place like Canada, where everything is so so spread out and far apart, you realize how lucky you were to be able to like, do the cool weekend trips and keep changing it up so easily. So yeah, it's definitely my mission to to see more of the UK now whenever I go back. I certainly miss that as well. It's a big sell for me in my current position, right? Because yeah. again, you're speaking to the Canadian teachers who have to pay a fortune to get out west or east, whereas you can jump on a plane with Ryanair and be in, and be in yes. Spain in a couple of hours and that's a weekend. Literally. Time. So I do miss that aspect of the UK 100% and the same for me. I didn't get to see near enough of places like Scotland, uh, other regions of England as well. So I'm going to make make it a priority. Have to go. Exactly. <laughs> I'll get some tips from you now and um, then I can give a, give Wales a visit for sure. Sounds good. <laughs> so tell us about Cardiff. You mentioned the sports. Obviously, it's a sport-centred city. I would say you've got stadiums for football, rugby, cricket. You've hosted a lot of, not you personally, but the city's hosted a lot of major cup finals there. So do you, you miss that side of things, I'm guessing? hundred percent. I miss the, you know, I think as a Brit, you understand that coming into a new job, for example, uh, an icebreaking question is straight away, what team do you support? Totally. Um, which I miss here. You know, I don't really follow hockey, which I probably should to try and get that similar sort of uh, attitude and a bit of banter going. But um, I do miss that, certainly. And I miss the just the convenience of it all, as you said. The Champions League was hosted in 2017, I think, so... Again, it was a big sort of event in the center of the well, for the center of the world. Everyone was watching, and our little city of Cardiff was absolutely mad. Yeah. Um, but again, Six Nations days, I, I absolutely miss the just the the, the vibe and the atmosphere. Um, you don't really get that in anywhere else apart from Toronto, unless a team has done extremely well to get to that position. Raptors in twenty. Was that nineteen? Oh yeah. For example, that was crazy. That that is what it's like pretty much every weekend in <laughs> in Cardiff when uh, when Wales are playing. So yeah, do certainly miss that sort of buzz and uh, and sort of being on the same level as everyone in that respect. Yeah, oh, it must just be yes, like you said, such a good time when there's a rugby match on in Cardiff. Like every pub and restaurant is just jam packed with people having a good time. Exactly. Are you are you more of a rugby or a football man? Uh, both. So I grew up playing both. Uh, played a lot of football. Um, I do have a lot of family connections still in the game. So uh, my nice. uncle, for example, is director of football at Southampton, um, cool. Premier League side. So uh, we are very connected to it. I, I'm up every Saturday morning watching it religiously. Um, but in terms of myself and, and what I enjoy most, I enjoy playing rugby. So I still play here. Um, I play for Mississauga. So we recently got to the Ontario provincial final uh just in november gone so yeah it's good and the standard's actually surprising i think i think there's um in the uk there's such a huge gap between professional and grassroots 
Whereas in Canada, mm, there is easier to sneak in there. Exactly. You can sneak in, you know, um, I played against a guy who currently plays for Canada and, uh, and professionally. So it just goes to show that people like me who I take, I take it seriously when I play, but I don't take the training seriously and whatever. I just do it for a social, you know, <laughs> get together with, with some guys. And, um, but it just goes to show that you can be immersed in that and, uh, and play against real top quality players and, and teams. So this surprised me. Because you think of Canada, you think they don't do anything apart from skate and, and do anything involving the winter. So uh, playing rugby over here is really good. Yeah, that is good to know. And it's a really good way to meet new people too. You move here and then you don't know anybody and then you can, you know, sports. I wish I'm the least sporty person <laughs> that's ever been born on this planet. But like, that's such a good, yeah, that's such a good way to meet new people. It's such a good life hack to, to be able to have the teams. and Yeah. Yeah. One thing I neglected, I think, when I moved here, and that's one thing I'd recommend people if they're moving over here is to definitely jump into those sort of things because I waited too long. Um, like I'm 28. Um, so I missed out on sort of like peak years of doing things like that because I was moving and, and just wanted to get comfortable. But I would recommend just jumping into it head first and all everything else will fall into place. You're going to have more of a balance then, balance of socializing, getting active. People know if you live here now, that commuting is part of part and parcel of living here, right? Um, when I moved here, I moved to a little town called Alliston with my in-laws, just south of Barry, and uh, had to drive around two and a half hours each day to Burlington with the traffic through Mississauga and dropped my fiance off before I got to work. So didn't have time for anything apart from work and driving. So yeah, I would definitely recommend prioritizing a balance. <laughs> Trying to get it. Yeah. Trying to get that work life balance. I feel like Canadians even struggle with exactly, that. So yeah, 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 you come from a country where you're, you're used to that balance and it's easier to get. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge. It's so nice to know that those sports do exist though. Like you said, if people aren't, haven't moved yet and they're worried about that, that there's definitely rugby and there's definitely other sports going on. You just got to maybe a lot of football, a lot of football as well. Yeah. The World Cup was amazing here. Did you, you saw like all the cars with all the different flags. It just showed how multicultural Canada is. Cause it was like, I think I saw every flag on people's cars. I was like, this is awesome. I saw, I saw every flag. I saw absolutely every flag on the bonnet of every car, apart from the Welsh flag, which I was a bit oh, miffed about. That's true. I never saw <laughs> I that. I saw, saw a lot of English flags. I even <laughs> saw a North Macedonian flag. I didn't get a Welsh flag. So, uh. <laughs> Got it. I was beeping on every single English flag. I imagine if you saw a Welsh flag, you'd probably crash. Like, yeah, yes! I would. And I was, uh, I was booing every English flag I saw. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. End the, end the episode here. End it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back to Cardiff then. Um, yeah. Tell us about, so the sports is obviously a big thing. You know, for anyone that doesn't know Cardiff, the, the capital of Wales in the United Kingdom. Um, you mentioned it's, it's pretty small. It's about half a million people live there. So relatively small. But um, what was it like growing up there? So obviously sports, but uh, what what else? Give us the vibe. The, the vibe itself, it's a it, it's a growing city certainly. As you as I explained, Champions League that's that sort of exposure to the world uh, has just led to continued growth for the city. Um, but to me, feels big. But I can guarantee it. I'm going to head home now in about a month for my stag, and I'll bump into people I know. Uh, that's how it is. That's how it feels. Whereas in London, you know. London's huge. London's hustle and bustling. It's crazy. Yeah. Cardiff, at least you can jump on a bus, uh, walk through the city centre and you'll bump into someone you know or mutual friends with or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I would describe it sort of as a, a small big city if that makes any sense whatsoever. It feels like a small town. It feels like a small <laughs> community. But again, 
it's growing. A lot of exciting businesses coming and developing there, setting up shop. A lot of industry, a lot of a lot of jobs opening up. So, yeah, if anyone's interested <laughs> to Canada, might want to check out Cardiff after listening to this as well. <laughs> <laughs> Getting them across the, the dark side. That's awesome. Yeah, and I love that you're going there for your stag as well because that's what it's famous for too, right? Like Cardiff yes. is really known for those Hindus and stag yeah. parties or the bachelor bachelorette. Yeah. So. Um, you just see the the bride to bees every weekend, and that's that's so funny. Does that get old at all? Or I guess the the nightlife is that it's just, just so as, fun. Just, just as is, right? Cardiff's the the hub yeah. really for Wales. So maybe obviously Swansea you have as well, but in terms of the communities around <clears throat> Cardiff, the valleys, for example, everyone just flocks there on a on a weekend. Um, yeah, for the stag as well, but there for a Six Nations game, so I'm excited. Although we're playing Italy, but <laughs> it's still an occasion. And uh, the one day on my stag, we're actually going to the Cheltenham races. Um, so we're all getting oh, cool. super booted getting and fancy. getting to get to that as well. So a lot going on. Um, so a lot, look, a lot to look forward to and sort of prepare for, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to Edinburgh for my, my hen do in April. Okay. So I've never been to Scotland. And yeah, I'm really excited about great. that too. Again, it's like moving to Canada. You're like, okay, I want to go see Scotland or I want to go and see more of UK. Yeah. So I made that, made that good, happen. Good, so, Awesome. Yeah. So what would you recommend to anybody visiting Wales for the first time? Um, obviously, Cardiff Castle is like the pretty touristy thing to do. Um, I love that about Cardiff, though. Obviously, you've got that river running through it, but then you've got the Cardiff Castle in its centre, and then you've got the park around it. So there's lots to, to do and see. But um, yeah, any other recommendations? Just doing it all. Yeah. So I know that sounds yeah. very obvious, but getting to the <laughs> castle, obviously, that's that silty, the city sort of built around the castle so yeah it's gorgeous. that's right there um and just sort of going to all different pubs and, and restaurants that are, are only there in cardiff because you'll get a good sense of the people um the the sort of atmosphere of cardiff as well <clears throat> recommend getting to some rugby games you know visiting the stadium obviously i would say that but um yeah that's that's really it in, in terms of cardiff and i think not just cardiff itself but the country you can drive an hour and be up a mountain within two hours, you know, a 900 meter mountain, Penavan, uh, you know, walk up there with friends and it's unreal. On a clear day, you can see for absolutely miles. So I would recommend those sort of activities really. Yeah. And maybe bring a raincoat or is that an annoying stereotype? It's, it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> bring, definitely bring a raincoat. I'm used to it being English too. It's just a, a general British stereotype, I think. It's just like bring a raincoat. Suppose if it didn't rain, these mountains wouldn't be so pleasant to, to look at, right? So there you go. <laughs> I know. I know, I know growing up, because I was always in, you, you know, when you look at the weather growing up on in in the UK there's like the map of the UK and then I was just north of London so it was always like the best temperature area and I was always like yes and then Wales was just always just like rain yep, clouds rain yep. clouds <laughs> and it was <laughs> that's what I like about Canada really is those seasons and it just feels bright all the time whereas you know I'm looking up now it's snowing but it's sunny yes it tricks you though because it's like minus 13 on my phone Something. but I'm looking outside and it's glorious sunshine like open blue skies happens to be too much. Like, oh. that happens to be way too much go out for a run or go for a walk and you just think oh just a hoodie's fine yeah nope. <laughs> go back get your big coat on <laughs> get your get your hat your gloves and your scarf you need to you need to wrap up so yeah that always fools me but again you know it just sort of gets you out of bed a bit more over here compared to the UK you know, or Wales it seems a bit grey and gloomy sometimes which can be a bit like a bit of a dampener on you but um but yeah that's yeah what it is. exactly let's talk about the welsh language quick <laughs> because i'm so fascinated by it do you speak it 
snippets. <laughs> Not fluent. Um, I don't think I could hold a, a very long conversation in Welsh. Uh, without sort of breaking into English, but I can definitely bring off some phrases and some some sentences, definitely. Yeah, because it's like, it's very similar like to Canada where it's a bilingual country, right? So all your signs and everything is always going to be in English and then in Welsh yeah. too, is that right? That's right, yeah. And it's known, I guess it's known for having a lot of consonants <laughs> just grouped together, no vowels. I'm like, I look at these words and I can't even begin to guess how you would say that because there's no vowels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the consonants don't actually sort of reciprocate to the English language as well. So, you know, there could be a different sound for the same letter, if that makes sense. So Yeah, like the double L. Double L. How would you say double like L? A, <laughs> like a, <laughs> it's like almost like a hissing sound. It's almost like a cat. Oh. So it's like a, you got to put your tongue behind your teeth and spit at everyone. But wow. it's um, it's that sort of sound. Okay. And then... I was going to guess like a W, but I guess that's French. So yeah. I'm getting my influence. And then, you know, <laughs> similar to that, a D is like a, like a, like a TH sound. In, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I prepped you ahead of this call, but I would love to... We need to play how you say the longest place name. Because in Wales, it's the home of the longest place name in Europe and the second in the world. And I should have counted these letters. It's <laughs> really long. I should have. But um, yeah, I was going to try and get you to say it, but we'll have to... Um, get that inserted in maybe i'll go to google and just press the little play button i've, I've just pulled the name up <laughs> on google actually and i've got no chance of attempting that anymore <laughs> no i can get i can get the first couple of syllables <laughs> just jumping in here really quick post interview as promised with the pronunciation that we're talking about provided by gwyneth angrad on her youtube channel linked in the show notes Llant Cecilio go go go. Or to say it quickly, Llanfair Pwll Gwyngyll go gerch o'n rhywbeth Llant Cecilio go go go. Got it? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Back to the show. Well, the actual place name in Wales is like written in Welsh and then they have the phonetic spelling underneath yeah. on the actual that's sign. Right. So I think that's so helpful of you. Yes, yes, very nice. <laughs> well, it starts with double L, so that's already like unlocked. Exactly, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> But what I do think is cool is that it's one of the oldest languages. So, mm. you know, I, my my instant reaction was to say, oh, you just you changed this from English and blah, blah. But it's actually the other way around. And um, yes, as I was mentioning to you, I'm actually getting married this summer at a venue next to the River Avon in England. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. But this morning when I was reading up on it, the name Avon actually comes from the Welsh word for river. So... There's there's a ton of examples where the English language that we know and speak has actually evolved from Welsh. Okay. Anyway, I, I don't think people will find that interesting, but I do. <laughs> it's really cool. But yeah, again, as you said, it is a, a long-standing language with obviously the the Celtic presence way back. So yeah, I I would like to delve into a bit of that history as well. But I don't know enough to be honest. I'll be completely honest. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, let's dive into your moving to Canada story. Sure. So you officially moved here in the summer of 2018. So four years this summer it'll be. Yeah. So yeah, what were the events that led up to that decision? <laughs> Good question. Um, so in 2017, um, well, 2016, I decided to take a, my teaching credential uh, at Cardiff Metropolitan University. Had no plans whatsoever of even considering moving to North America in the past. Never interested me at all. My plans were always to move to Asia, you know, post-graduation, go and teach English as a second language or even teach an in international school. Um, a sort of goal 
and do that sort of nomadic lifestyle, sort of teach in other countries, try it. Um, however, <laughs> um, I met my, uh, my now fiance while studying. <clears throat> uh, as I said, she's from Alliston in Southern Ontario. And, um, yeah, it got me thinking after I met her and after she moved to the UK after a study visa on a youth mobility visa, what would life look at like after this? So it got me thinking, you know, Canada, she's done the same for me. She's moved to the UK. The least I could do is, is try it. How did she find the UK? Did she settle in really well or was she always kind of thinking she would like to move back to Canada? So, yeah, um, she, she really surprised me actually in that respect because she is quite a homebody. She's very close to her family. She's very uh, home orientated, but she came to the UK to study on her own accord and then met me and then decided to move back to get a job, which as we know is, is easier in the UK than here <coughs> for teachers. Um, so yeah, decided to, to try it and she did embrace it. We traveled a lot across the UK, you know, it took her across to other countries, uh, across the UK and obviously little spots of England, Tenby as well. If you've heard of that place in Wales, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so she really embraced it and, uh, and learned a lot. And I think as well, she taught in some of the toughest schools in Cardiff in some of the toughest areas. And for a Canadian coming from family friendly Canada, being exposed to oh, some of the, you know, some of the more difficult demographics of the city. It was a bit of an eye opener, but again, something she embraced and, and enjoyed. So she, uh, she thrived, to be honest. She did really well. Um, and then, yeah, she, she just decided, you know, upon expiry of a visa that she wanted to head home. And I completely agreed with that. She missed the family and I decided, okay, I'll, I'll come and help you with that and I'll make the move so it doesn't make it so hard. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I fell in love with it myself, you know, got a job straight away. Uh, the, the way I actually got this job, um, I sat on the plane moving to Canada. So I was moving without a job on the working holiday visa. Posted on LinkedIn. I just said, I'm moving to Canada. If anyone knows anyone with any connections, just connect me. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, Saws Law, a, a mutual friend of mine from Newport in, in Wales, reached out to me and said, yeah, this, this lady works in our Burlington office in, uh, in Ontario. So I spoke to her, got a presentation together, presented it, got a job, and uh, that led into everything else, really. So, yeah. It, the power of LinkedIn. Well, you always social hear media it. is crazy. Yeah, honestly, honestly, it's like, uh, it's like my work Bible, LinkedIn. I'm always posting on there or or head, you know, headhunting or whatever. But um, yeah, sure. it's great. Yeah. What I love about that is that our stories are so similar that we met Canadians and we ended up living in Canada. But the difference there is that she did have that time to live where you were from. And we, you know, myself and my fiance, Isaac, we never had that. We just moved straight here. Mm -hmm. So we were saying, you know, before this call that that's the part that's sad because he's maybe, you know, met my parents a handful of times. Whereas, you know, your fiance is really close with your family because you lived there and she got to see a lot more of the country where you were from. And yeah, that's really cool that she had that time and you have that exactly. foundation. It's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Very thankful for that. She's very close to my family, which is great still. They're doing yeah. virtual hens as well <laughs> for her. Oh, um, this, you know, the next few months when I head off to back to the UK. So they're all very close, which is great. So it's going to make our upcoming wedding in July very enjoyable and um, not that sort of, hi, this is this is so-and-so sort of thing. It's just going to just exactly. sort of flow a bit more. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, perfect. So what, what date in July? I'm the 4th. 23rd. 23rd. 
I think that's so spooky. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so crazy how it's so reciprocated. It's the exact same situation. Just, yeah, exactly. Just things flipped around. So, yeah. I think it's so, so popular. It's, like, it's quite a common thing as well. I, more than I even realized, I thought I was so unique. Like, oh, I've met Canadian and I'm going to move to Canada. But then I put on Instagram, I was like, what's your reason for moving to Canada? And I had at least 50 people be like, oh, yeah, I met a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really common it is. yeah and we're the same in the way that canada wasn't really ever on our radar right you said that you never really thought about mm-hmm. it and then oh you grew up in cardiff you went to university in cardiff but then this canadian you know queen entered your life and you actually started thinking about leaving and exploring it's the same as yeah canada. it's funny you call her queen actually because i do actually call her queen as well do you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just because she could be a bit bossy that's all <laughs> Something. Thank you, Queen. Yes, they're all queens at heart. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, it definitely is. And uh, obviously, in my job as well, with working with teachers, if a teacher says they want to stay on the expiry of their visa, for example, after the two-year working holiday in the UK is finished, I would actually try and sponsor them because they've met someone. Uh, and I've, I've done that a number of times actually. So it helps Canadians sort of set up shop permanently in the UK because of that sort of connection they have with with Brits that they meet. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a small world. Look at you, you're finding jobs and love. All yes, helping, helping wherever <laughs> I can. <laughs> so what do you think for the future now? You might not know, but obviously she's from Canada, you're from Wales. Do you think Canada is, is your forever or where are you sitting with that? Good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know how to answer it either, so I apologise. <laughs> I, would, I would love to live back in the UK, but I just don't see it happening uh, i'm a permanent resident now um here so it's just it just makes sense if we sort of set up roots here um for her to come back on a working visa is going to be near enough impossible because she's used up the temporary work permit the youth mobility or the working holiday whatever you want to call it um so i don't see any routes back so we're going to be uh we're going to be here setting up shop trying to find affordable housing wherever we can um which is which is uh, a challenge with covid but i'm sure things are going to uh, work out in our favor in, in in due time so yeah i think canada that was always a positive wasn't it that canada was cheaper than england and or the uk in a lot of ways and i would say you know oh you know buying a house is so much cheaper and groceries are so much cheaper and gas is so much cheaper it's but changing. now it's really it's just the inflation is just crazy and i've spoken to so many people that that's really taken them you know they, if they're really struggling with that because it's just a curveball that they didn't see happen it is unprecedented, right? Like it's, you know, I lived in Mississauga. Average house price in Mississauga right now is about one point three, which is, you know, it's rocketed. That up. same house, like six years ago, was like a quarter of that. Exactly. It's um, it is crazy, but it's it's the world we live in. We got to get on with it, and uh, I'm happy here. I, I love it. I love the the job opportunities you get. Obviously, it's it's much like the American dream in a sense or the Canadian dream where mm. there's a lot of industry from the US, a lot of industry from international companies as well as opportunities to start up your own companies in Canada. There's always opportunities to do things that can help you basically. Um, so yeah, I, that's what I really like about Canada really. It's just that opportunity. Yeah. And like what we were mentioning, like the nature and the the outdoor element of it because yeah, you ju- I just feel like I'm way more motivated to go and do outdoorsy things here. It's just not so grey and yeah. so, yeah, busy and packed and you've got more space. And I agree, I agree. pros and cons for everywhere. But, a lot, yeah. lot of stuff to do outdoors in Wales, but again, as you said, the weather sort of used to prohibit that. But, um, 
yeah, uh, everything just seems so far away <laughs> over here. <laughs> I know. So you got to plan a whole day around it. So, um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, that that probably plays into that whole work life balance too. Because back in the UK, you can just call someone up and everyone's close. Like even if your furthest away friend is like an hour's drive uh-huh. away, like that's not far at all. So you can just do things on a whim. Whereas here, the comment comes comes up a lot on this podcast that everything has to be pre-planned and it can get quite frustrating. Like I just want to meet up with my friends and it's a whole thing. You have to book them a month away. And, but I think it is, that probably does play into it that it's just the distance and like the logistics involved. It is. It is. No, and the public transport is nowhere near as sort of developed as the UK because if you think about Canada being this big, massive country, the UK is what, 30 times smaller, something like that with double the population. It's going to be ways around. So yeah, I do miss that. Um, what's the word? Spontaneity. Spontaneity and sort of convenience about getting around and getting around to see people and do things. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You you adapt. You, you find other ways to fill your time, I suppose. Yeah. You know, a lot of DIY. <laughs> um, yeah. If obviously you're a homeowner and because uh, that's a big thing in Canada, which I found is people are absolutely obsessed with their properties. <laughs> absolutely obsessed. Whereas in the UK, you have a house, you leave the house, you come to sleep. There's minimal work being done yeah. in the house. Whereas over here, in-laws especially are just constantly puttering around cutting the grass oh oh my gosh yes that is so true because yeah as i'm trying to record podcasts in the summer it's an absolute nightmare there's like yeah. just leaf blowers and lawn mowers going off and because i'm by the lake there's like jet skis and like everything there's all the noises but yeah and then obviously with the seasons, they really embrace all the seasons too. Like every single person's front door is like covered in full yeah. decor and then like summer decor and then the Christmas setups. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. true. I totally agree. <laughs> and I like, you know, people as well. It's in the winters, I don't probably embrace it as much as I should because I can't skate yet <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, Me neither. But, uh, you know, uh, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, that's great to see. You know, people embracing that, getting outdoors, not letting the cold sort of keep them in, you know, getting out there and doing yeah. those sort of things. Really good to see a, a lake frozen over and people playing pickup hockey, you know, it's just so Canadian to see. So I do really enjoy seeing that. And driving trucks, like my lake has trucks on it right yes. now. I'm like, that just blows Crazy. my mind that that's how cold it is, that it's that frozen that you can drive your, lake, your truck on. I don't know how confident I'd be doing that, but uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I think it voids your insurance as soon as you drive on the lake, even oh, really? here, but people do it, so... Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like when you first arrived then? So you arrived, you'd, you'd obviously been living with your fiance in Wales, mm-hmm. and then now you have moved to Canada. Was that the first time that you met her parents? or No, luckily enough, they came to the UK when she was still studying. So um, got to meet them in, in nice. Cardiff, show them around. We had a really good time. She, uh, they met my parents as well. So um, oh, cool. it was a really nice sort of experience. But um, yeah, in terms of me moving here, I think the biggest challenge for me straight away was... Uh, well, not finding work essentially. Like, I interviewed with a lot of different jobs, you know, million miles away from what I was used to in terms of teaching and, and being in education. But, you know, I, I interviewed for Air Canada to even do some of like luggage, you know, hauling and stuff like that. Just something to do because that's me. I can't, yeah. I can't arrive and not do anything. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely open to doing anything. And I think then when I secured a job in Burlington, you know, living up in Barrie or Alliston, commuting there was the biggest challenge for me. (laughs) Um, As I said, there's no life or there's nothing to do other than work. So I didn't get to train as much as I can or, um, you know, get out for a nice long walk just to listen to a podcast like this or or just switch off mentally. So uh, I was constantly just sort of working and driving and 
repeat. So I had no life, but we moved uh, about three months after we started working and absolutely embraced it then. Embraced the, the city here in Toronto a lot and Mississauga. Um, meeting new people, as I said, playing rugby, just being involved in, in sort of extracurriculars outside of uh, where we are. We played co-ed football, actually, me and my fiance. So we played uh, in a mixed gender team. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, that was eventful. Rugby? Football, football. But uh, Oh, okay. I was going to say, you just have your fiance on the opposing team. You have to, like, tackle them in rugby. Like, awkward. Really don't want to hurt you, but I want to win. <laughs> this is one thing I find really different from Canada is that, you know, football. Uh, it's a, it's a, an aggressive outlet, if that makes sense. Yes. So... Giving the referee a bit of stick is part and parcel of the game in the UK. You know, a bit of abuse, but it's, yeah. it's all forgiven at the end of the game. Whereas over here, it's very literal. If you say anything to the referee, you're kicked out. I got kicked out uh, my last game. so <laughs> <laughs> And fans too. Like, the, I love, I think they're so funny. Well, obviously, there's like lines that are crossed, especially in football. But most of the time, like my dad's local team and stuff, like the songs that they sing to the yeah. ref or to taunt the other team, like it's so below it belt. Is. You're like, oh, like if that was said in Canada, like people would cry. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Going to a TFC game, you've seen it. You know, it's very family friendly, which yeah. then you go to a game in, uh, oh God, go to a Cardiff game and it's just brutal. You, you almost, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit less sort of family friendly, put it that way. Absolutely. So it's so interesting though, isn't it? When you move to a new country that you start to learn so much about yourself that you didn't even really notice before. So like your priorities, like, okay, I need this work-life balance. I need to find sports. I need to find my people. I, you know, all these things start coming up and it's that whole year, two years that it takes to discover that about yourself to then start building the life that you want here. It's just a whole process that I think people don't realize it actually takes so much time. So how long would you say it took you really to, to feel settled or was it pretty instant? took me probably until about last year so close to three years if I'm going to be honest because um yeah because as I said at the beginning of the podcast and uh you know before we even started the podcast that getting involved in out you know meeting people in Canada is is something that's huge for me um you know as I said I was very obsessed with just going to work coming home I'm not getting really involved with any clubs or anything like that but I think when you do get that sort of aspect of that life under control and you start to meet people, go out for a few beers and feel a bit more normal rather than just working and hanging out with your, your other half. Yeah. Um, that's when it sort of feels a bit more uh, settled, in my opinion, a bit more like home. So I'd say, yeah, it took me a, a good few years. Um, obviously, I've just moved recently over to Stony Creek, Ontario. So um, slightly away from Mississauga, where I've sort of started to get involved with all this, but I'm still going to sort of commute in and... Uh, and sort of get involved with these things, start playing rugby. Um, maybe postpone that until after the wedding, so I'm not getting married with a black eye or anything like that. But, uh, right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's I recommend that to anyone coming over, just getting involved with that, meet people, use Facebook forums. I know there's a lot of Brits in Canada, Brits in Toronto, Facebook forums and groups, Absolutely. which, lucky enough, I received a lot of support when applying for my PR um, in these groups. So a lot of advice from guys from Wales and England, which was awesome. Um, and just connecting with, with like-minded people in the same situation as you, I think is just huge. It's going to help you. It definitely surprised me how many Brits are in Canada. I don't think I really <laughs> expected that. You kind of think, oh, you're going on this big, yeah. crazy thing that's that's overwhelming. But then there are so many of us. There's literally thousands of people in these Facebook groups that are so nice and welcoming and they answer everyone's questions. And it's just such a great forum exactly. for for getting all your questions answered. 
for sure. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, a lot of people as well here with ancestral ties to the UK. So a lot of people, again... Oh, God, they tell us yeah, too, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like my great-great-aunt twice removed was English. Yeah. Oh, did you know that? No. <laughs> did you know them? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's it's just funny how you're speaking perhaps just generally in a normal conversation and someone's going to get wind of your accent. You must be from England, actually. No, I'm from Wales. <laughs> oh, purple. I like that. So uh, people, a lot of, I'm surprised, actually, a lot of Canadians that actually don't know where Wales is. They say Wales is in Wales, London. I'm like, no, Wales is its own, its own country. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, come on. It's funny, actually. I mentioned it to Isaac last night. I have, Oh, I'm interviewing a guy from Wales tomorrow. It's like, oh, do they have lots of whales there? Like, oh, my God. do you have lots of whales there? <laughs> Why would they call Not it that Wales? I know like, if there was a place called Dolphin, I would assume that there were dolphins there. Like, fair, true, fair good point. point. That's a fair point. But uh, no, I think the most exotic thing we get in um, in Wales is the sun, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, sporadically. So, uh, yeah, no, no whales in Wales, unfortunately, Isaac. But uh, I'll, I'll look out for you. <laughs> Absolutely. You find that there's a lot of confusion with Canadians about that whole UK setup in general. I find like the amount of times I've explained the difference between the United Kingdom, Great Britain, you know, like the whole England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland dynamic is always is always interesting. Yeah, always, always just get so. So how long have you been in Canada from England sort of things? Always the question I get. But, you know, exactly. You just sort of let it go. and just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Because, you know, it's Canada, it's it's North America, it's such a big place as it is, it's almost impossible to, to get to see these places in terms of affording to get there. So you can't you can't really bloody blame them for uh, for not no. knowing what's going on, you know, all these miles away. Yeah, 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 my little insignificant country, yeah, Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think is your biggest lesson that you've learned during these past four years? What would you want to pass on to, to another newcomer that may be listening? Um... Bring a nice warm jacket, I think, is, is one. Yep. Um, Get to the basics. I like it. Try and remain as cool, calm, and collected when you're driving as well in the UK. I came to Canada. I consider myself a good driver. Now I'm a Toronto driver, I think, where I'm sort of a, oh, a bit... You see, you'll see it. When you arrive, you, you leave Pearson, you're driving through Mississauga, and people are undertaking, overtaking, just absolutely... There's no, oh, yeah. there's no structure to the roads. Remain patient, because no. I didn't. And uh, I've, I've sort of... <laughs> I've not been in any sort of altercations or any accidents, but I feel myself not as in control as I was in the UK. Way when people let you go through, that was so British, so friendly, letting people go through. Over here, no, it's no such thing. <laughs> so No, uh, everyone's out for themselves. Like, no, you know, absolutely. I always let people in and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, thank exactly. you. Like, thanks for saying thank you. Know, you. Uh, it, I, and, I think that yeah. as well, just sort of cool it i think that's what i needed to do <laughs> especially driving that much when i first moved here it was a big shock to the system especially automatic i was always driving stick and uh, oh i love it i'm such a better driver now though i don't have to worry about stalling yeah, and hill starts and all of that stuff <laughs> it's a good life skill that we kind of are forced to have in the uk because you have to take your 100%. license and well you don't have to but the majority of people do take their manual license so that's right yeah and the speeding too like in the uk there are speed cameras absolutely everywhere so i tried to explain that to canadians like i drive the speed limit because i'm gonna get fined like crazy if i don't whereas here there's no speed cameras so people just drive like 10 20 over and you're like a grandma if you don't drive 20 over people are like up the backside of your car like what are you doing exactly exactly no i completely agree chaos yeah it is chaos it's, it's the right way to describe it especially in the gta down here i think it's probably better in in more rural areas of, of canada i've definitely 
seen that. I've driven sort of quite a lot. I've seen most of Canada with my job, so um, definitely see that it's probably just a, a, a big city thing. Yeah, and it's just go karts. As soon as you're like automatic and you have traffic lights and no roundabouts, it's like go, stop, <laughs> go, stop. So there's just, just no, like you said, there's no real structure to it. My dad came to visit and he just couldn't believe like the undertaking. It was just just so unheard of in England. Like that's just such a big no no. My buddies so. were the same. I had a couple of friends come. Uh, well, three friends of mine come in uh, in 2019, and they said the exact same thing. They said it's absolutely carnage. <laughs> carnage. I miss that word. Yeah. So, carnage. Yeah. Brilliant. Carnage. And turning right on red, that was like mind blowing for my dad. Like, obviously, that's provincial. Double check before you yeah. do that. But in the, in Ontario, you can. And my dad, I, I think I blew through, like, did right on red. And my dad's like, "What? Yeah. You just blew through the red?" I was like, "It's yeah. okay." Yeah, same in oh, Quebec. Man. I don't think you're allowed to advice. advance on a left, so you can't sort of edge out and sort of wait for the cars to come. You have to wait for the filter light. And I made that mistake. Uh-huh. So, uh... Well, my dad. That's another good point. So when he came here. It, he had a green light, so he assumed that he could just bomb it to the left, yeah. right? Because he had green, but the oncoming traffic also has green. And he was like, oh my God, and he crashed because he just started pulling to left to the left and the oncoming traffic was going to, you have to pull and wait. So mad, all part of adjusting and learning and trying not to kill yourself. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But other than that, yeah, I think driving, warm clothing, and yeah, just try and be open-minded. I think that's the only thing you can really do uh, when you come to a new country and meet new people. When you meet new people, not everyone's Canadian. Uh, kind of just growing year on year. I mean, I, I read something last year that we welcome more permanent residents than any other year since like 1913. Goes to show that it's still a growing country and there's still a lot of people to meet and um, a lot of different cultures sort of mixing in, which I really like about Canada. It's so different. Um, Same. So many different little pockets of of industry i've worked in international student recruitment as well so recruit students to come to canada which is obviously a very big industry because of the routes to routes to permanent residency and and obviously jobs for say uh, students from india china for example so there's so much going on which is what i love about it um so yeah yeah and that's why yeah i started this podcast because i want to collect every country to show how multicultural canada is so i'm gonna have to hit you up for your international student contacts like any countries i haven't got fill in the gaps sounds good (laughs) yeah my uh i worked with a team of people from all over the world from brazil south korea japan you name it india pakistan yeah i can i can get them connected with you no problem Well, you seem to have just taken everything in your stride, which I feel like is the best way to do it, right? You can't go in and, you know, be uptight with the, with the differences and you just got to embrace it all. And yeah, it seems like uh, it was what you expected it to be. Um, did you have any shocks throughout the process or is it pretty much just hit the ground running? I think it's just hit the ground running. I think uh, I owe a lot of uh, thanks to my in-laws for, well, future in-laws, I should say, uh, oh, for yeah. their support, let me live with them. Um, my fiance's, uh, you know, siblings as well, brother and sister, and, uh, and their better halves as well for helping me feel like I've got a network of, of support around me. Um, so I think that's important as well. Just surround yourself with, with positive people and, and people who are going to really be on your side. So uh, it just makes everything easier. I don't think I could have done this if I was just moving here on my own, just trying something new. I think it's... Yeah, it's a lot. I think it's something... You, you need to do and uh, and have support with. So I'd recommend that really speed of mine. So, yeah. yeah. And if you do, then, yeah, try and get that support as soon as you can. Like you said, just like throw yourself into as many events and different community things exactly. as you can. Because, yeah, it just totally makes or breaks the whole experience to have that, that support network. And I'm exactly the same. Like I 
don't know what I would have done without my fiance's family and his friends that just welcomed me here and I was this you know and it's such a small town as well so I was just kind of like arrived at this like weird little celebrity that he just like brought into this small town like oh that's Isaac's you know girl that he met in Thailand like oh my god it was it's been wild but yeah it was definitely definitely helpful so yeah 100%. 100%. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been such a great conversation. Um, what can people, uh, where can people go if they want to connect with you, if they have any questions? You mentioned LinkedIn. You're quite active there. So yeah, yeah. Um, I believe my, my surname is quite rare. So I'm happy for it to be sort of, uh, published as part of this pod. There's no problem. Um, you can connect me there on LinkedIn, obviously Facebook. Um, I've had people reach out to me that way regardless, you know. I had a guy reach out to me the other day looking at doing his PGCE in Cardiff, and he's a Canadian guy. So, you know, that sort of thing. You know, you can find me and ask me any questions. I'm happy to make the time just to have a chat with you um, anyhow as well. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best ways to connect with me. Um, and we can go from there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. And if any if any, anyone listening wants to play rugby as well, pop down to uh, well, drop me a message because we're always recruiting new players, and uh, I would like to have some British banter in the in the changing rooms <laughs> and on the pitch. Yes, uh, you do miss that after a few beers as well. I think I miss that especially. So um, if anyone's really interested, drop me a line and we'll we'll get things sorted. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.